0: God bless you all. The youth, you're dismissed to go downstairs. The youth, please. And if you brought your Bibles, not only your phones, but your Bibles, we are in Romans chapter 8, verses 16 to 18. Again, I want to welcome all of you this morning, those on YouTube and Facebook, thank you for joining with us. Romans chapter 8, verses... 16 to 18. The Bible says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit. That's our human spirit. God has a spirit. We have a spirit. We are a trichotomy. We are body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. Who we are represents also the Trinity. We have a body, we have a soul, we have a spirit. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The spirit itself bears witness with our spirit, the Bible calls our spirit also the inner man, what is really in us, the spirit of God, that's the part that gets saved, the inner man, the spirit... That we are the children of God. So God is telling us by His Spirit that you are a child of God. Nobody has to teach you this. You just know that you know that you know when you come to Christ there is a revelation deep inside your inner man that you are a child of God. And if you are children or a child of God then you are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him we might also glorified or be glorified together we suffer with him or we're going to reign with him and here's my text here's the verse I want to focus in on for I reckon notice this word reckon it's a strange word we'll talk about that in a few moments I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory of which shall be revealed in us. There is a glory coming, and Paul is saying something so important, and I have a special word for those who are going through things today, times of difficulties. I've entitled this message, The Purpose Driven God. (laughs) We've read the book, many of us, we've heard the book, The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Anybody ever heard that book or read that book? It was the number one seller for many, many years. But I want to declare this morning that there's no purpose-driven life without a purpose-driven God. What does it mean, a purpose-driven God? God has a purpose. God has something special in store for all of us. There's something significant. There's a destiny that you and I have. And today we want to discuss this in detail. This was my sister's favorite verse. When I visited her many years ago in San Francisco, she was dying in strange for cancer. And uh, I went to eat something. I opened up her fridge and I noticed there was this scripture on her fridge, Romans 8. Scripture I've just read For I reckon that the sufferings of this world Cannot be compared I asked my sister. Why why have you why is this scripture so important to you? And she said something so profound to me that I'm going to share with you a little bit later on My sister saw something and experienced something that is so powerful And so as we begin by way of introduction this morning, let me say, friends, there are times in life when you go through so many different trials and so many different uh, experiences, pits and valleys, that at times you say to yourself, how am I able to survive this turbulence? Some of us have said, I don't know how I'm ever going to go another day like this. Some of us have said, maybe somebody on YouTube has said, I don't think I can go through any more of this pain. I don't think I can go through any more of this difficulty. I'm at my wit's end. I've come to the end. I don't think I can continue. Have you ever said that before, my friend? Now, Paul is not speaking about something he saw on Facebook. Paul is not speaking about something he read in a book or something he saw on Instagram. Paul is going to express his personal experience. This is the great apostle Paul who has a word for us this morning. A great, a great man of God who went through more trials than any one of us put together in this room. You say, How do I know? Oh, let's just look at some of the things he went through. Paul was beaten, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked three times. He was bitten by a viper, a poisonous viper. He was flogged, he experienced pain after pain. At one time he was left for dead. People thought he was a corpse as they hurled stones at his head. They thought he died and collapsed as the blood trickled down his face, but he got up somehow and he walked away. Yes, this is the man... Who said, "For I reckon"? What does this mean? "For I reckon." I reckon. I. It means I considered my life. I. I went back and I took some spiritual inventory of all the things I've gone through in my experience with God. For I reckon. I'm taking. I'm taking. Uh, I'm auditing the books. I'm. I'm looking back. I'm looking back and I want to focus in on this word reckon because from this word reckon we springboard into this text into so many incredible spiritual principles that are so important I looked up this word reckon it's the Greek word logoslia which is the word logos which is our name here at the church it means to make an account it means to reckon it means to add up the books it's an accounting term do I have any accountants in the house do I have any chartered accountants in the house Well, you do a lot of reckoning. You're adding up the books. Helen loves this word. She does. It's making sure that the books add up. You're bringing things all together and you're reconciling the books to make sure it all adds up. In our text, Paul is assessing his own life. I reckon, I reckon, I'm considering all the things. He's taken an account, he's reflecting on his life. And you know, friends, there are times you and I need to do that. There are times you and I need to get aside and go into that secret place and start reckoning, start go over certain things. Look within your heart, take some spiritual inventory, look within your spirit and start to reckon certain things. Start to go through certain things. That's why Paul said that you must examine yourself. Examine, examine, look through things, go through things. I reckon, I reckon, to reflect. And as we reflect, and as Paul was reflecting, he said to himself, how was I able to go through this? Have you ever asked yourself, how was I able to go through this how was i able to endure this and then sometimes as we're going through the how stage we go through the why stage the why syndrome have you ever gone through the why syndrome as you're reckoning you go why did i go through this why did i have to in- go through that breakdown why 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 did my wife leave me w- 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 trying to make sense Why? Why did I, why did she trying to figure out, trying to bring some understanding? I've got to ask, is there somebody, somebody maybe here at Logos who's tried to audit the books? You're trying to make an account, you don't seem to understand things that have happened in your life trying to figure out, why did I have to go through this? What is the purpose? There's another buzzword, there's the key. What is the purpose of all this? Well, I've entitled this message, The Purpose Driven God. What is the purpose of why I'm going through all these things? Have you ever asked yourself, what is the purpose? Why? I'm a good person. Well, I've heard that one. I, I don't deserve this. Why was I so vulnerable? Such a young age. Why did my father leave us? Why did I lose my job? Why did I get divorced? Why did I get sick? I wonder why, why. I'm, I'm reckoning. That's what Paul was doing. He was reckoning. means I'm, I'm wrestling, trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Have you ever tried to figure out what in the world is going on? You're trying to add up. You're trying to... But the parts of the puzzle together and it just seems so obscure and strange. You might be saying, oh Lord, this is not the right time for me to be going through this. How many have ever said that? "I've No, Lord, I, 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 this can't be the moment. I just don't have the time to go through this, Lord. I it's just not the right moment. But my friends, let me say to you, you and I... Don't get to pick out or choose the moment that you hurt. Don't get to pick and choose the rocks that are thrown at you. You don't get to pick and choose the weapons that come against you. You're not in control of these things. God is in control of my life. God is in control of your life. I'm not in control of some of these things that come against me. I don't get to write my story the way I want it to be written all the time. Point is, I'm not in control, but my friends, watch this now. I am in control how I respond to the rocks that are thrown at me. I am in control of how I deal with my pain. I am in control how I deal with what that person has done in my life. I am in control of how I can react and respond to that situation. I may not be in control of the rocks that are thrown at me, but I can catch those rocks and deal with them from a different perspective. You know, friends, while I'm going through things, I need to get alone and be still. And I have to reckon things out. As those rocks are being hurled at me, and those weapons and those swords are coming against me, I've got to sit back, and I've got to get alone, and I've got to start reckoning. What is going on? How am I going to deal with this? How am I going to respond to this? Yes, this is the great Apostle Paul who had all of this revelation in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul was so... Paul was so... He had such such a call of God on... Paul actually was caught up into the third heaven. Paul actually was brought into the presence of God. He said, What I saw in heaven was so incredible I couldn't even speak it out. Paul... incredible revelation understanding of the things of God it was he God's man the Moses of his time he was acquainted with this grief and this pain this man who went to Asia depressed and discouraged that they wanted to kill him and we get insight that Paul was so discouraged like Elijah Elijah it was possible That he wanted to even take his own life. He was so depressed and downcast. Have you ever felt that way, my friend? Where things in life don't seem to add up. You you seem to be following a certain path, and it seems to be a righteous path. But in that path of righteousness, all these stones are being thrown at you, and you don't understand what's going on. And you say, wait a minute, doesn't the Lord do this? And isn't it supposed to be like that? And isn't God supposed to do this? And isn't it this the way that's supposed to be? Isn't this the way it is supposed to be? Well, friends, let me say to you, sometimes the ways you think it's supposed to be goes the opposite. You heard me say over this pulpit last week, you've got your plans, and and man, you want those plans, and you've got those goals, but sometimes God wrecks your plans, so your plans won't wreck you, but you don't see it. Because you think, this is the way it's got to be. Paul came out scratching his head many a time, trying to make sense of it all i've got to ask you my friends how do you think paul found the strength to get up from all these storms and shipwrecks and rocks to get up all that heartache to overcome depression how 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 did he find the strength to keep going on to press on to press on you see friends you have to reckon with your pain and determine which direction you're going to take and how you are going to overcome you see it's in the reckoning you see your reckoning will determine whether you lay down dead or whether you get up and rise how you reckon will determine your destiny how you reckon will determine how you press on how you reckon in the midst of that whirlwind how you reckon in the midst of that earthquake will determine which direction you go it's all in the reckoning it's all in in, in your assessing It's all when you're starting to make the accounts and take the... How you determine what direction you end up going. It's all in the reckoning. It's all in the reckoning. And you might be reckoning, determining whether you will forgive... Or whether you will hold on to your grudge, your reckoning, and you're determining what what you're going to do and how you're going to respond. Am I am I going to forgive this person, or am I going to hold on to that to that grudge? Am I going to am I going to move on with my life, or am I going to focus on all the negatives and all the the problems that I've experienced and all the pain in the past? Will determine your destiny. Will determine what direction what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And I'll tell you, friends, it's that time of reckoning. That one time of reckoning that can make all the difference in the world how you deal how you respond how you respond how do you respond with the rocks you know I was sharing this story with my with, at the Bible study that my daughter has and, and uh, I shared this, this, this story and, and I believe I need to share it again how do you respond to your pain how do you respond to that problem How do you respond to that trial? How do you respond to that boss that constantly cuts you down? How do you respond to your wife? Or to your father that's abused you? Four women were in a restaurant, true story. And as they were eating, all of a sudden a cockroach just appeared on one of the ladies' dresses. (laughs) And she freaked out. Now I know Lucy, you wouldn't freak out, I know that. But she freaked out, and she got up, and she said, a cockroach, and she freaked out, and that cockroach landed on the other woman True story And that woman freaked out, a cockroach, and she freaked out, and that cockroach landed on the other woman And all four of them went berserk Literally berserk in a restaurant, true story Well, while this ruckus was going on, the waiter saw all this and the waiter said, well, let me just see what's going on. And he came, Is there, was there a problem here, ladies? Oh, d- 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 why the cockroach! He says, well, oh, that's the... He went, saw the cockroach, picked it up with his fingers, went outside the door from the restaurant, threw the cockroach out, came back. You can sit down and enjoy your meal. my ladies. no, no, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute How in the world does one cockroach call four women to lose their minds (laughs) And one man to be as calm as a cucumber And as cool as clay And just respond How you respond You see, it wasn't really the cockroach that's the issue It's not your boss that's the problem It's not that wife or that person It's your response Because The same cockroach that caused the four ladies to lose their mind caused the waiter to be no problem, calm. How do you respond when the cockroaches of life are coming against you? I reckon Paul said. I reckon, I'm reckoning, I'm I'm figuring it out. I gotta I gotta I gotta figure this out. I gotta assess this. See how your reckon determines peace or anxiety. Can, 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 Can I go deeper with you? When you go to 2 Corinthians chapter. 12, verse number 7. George, if you got that for me, verse number 7, I want to show you something. So, I want to show you how Paul reckoned. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Three times he prayed that God would remove this thorn. We don't know exactly what this thorn was, but it was a serious problem. Paul was going through one thing after another, and now he's got a thorn. This was a serious problem a serious problem at least I should uh, unless I should be exalted above measures throughout the abundance of revelations so Paul had all kinds of revelations he was truly a man of God incredible experiences and as a result of that there was given to me a thorn God was humbling him a thorn in the flesh the measure and then so thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me lest I should be exalted above keep going next verse for this thing I besought the Lord three times Lord I can't take it anymore this thorn is is too much I can't sleep at night I can't eat I'm losing weight this is tough three times I prayed that it might leave me Lord I can't take this thorn look what happens keep going George and he said unto me what? that's my answer my grace is sufficient for thee for my strength is made perfect in weakness most most gladly I thought you were depressed most gladly that's how you're reacting to your thorn most gladly therefore I will rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me see Paul looked at the cockroach he said you know what I'm gonna trust God through this I'm gonna trust that he's gonna sustain me because God's in control of my life this thorn is ugly it's, it's killing me it seems that way but God's in control and I'm gonna start praising him I'm gonna start trusting him I'm going to start believing that God's going to wake it out and His grace is sufficient. His grace means His presence. It means unmerited favor, but here it means His empowering presence. His presence in my life will sustain me. His presence in my life will lift me up. His presence in my life will, will keep me strong. It will strengthen me through my weakness. Do you see his perspective? You see, Paul was reckoning and he decided to trust God not to fight him anymore now I know that some of you on Facebook, maybe on YouTube are going through all kinds of difficulties some of you are going through difficulties in your marriage, in your finances, in your mind some of you are going through difficulties with your children and I, 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 I know you don't want to tell anybody because it's too painful you don't want to tell anybody, you want to keep it to yourself I know you're a private person, I understand that But but you see, you're keeping it inside and you're crying and the tears at night you're crying before the Lord nobody knows some of what you're going through but you're crying you're crying in pain but God sees those tears and deep down inside you're wondering was it worth it was it worth it that I took a stand at work and everybody was against me and all these woke people are going against me and I took a stand for God's word I'm not gonna put up with this non-binary garbage I'm not gonna take a stand for, this, for this, this pollution that's coming into our schools I'm taking a stand against these drag queens that are trying to pollute the minds of our children in the libraries you know in the United States, I just found out in the United States somebody was, was arrested for having an American flag on his car the guy couldn't believe it and in court he stood up and he says, wait a minute you're arresting me because I have an American flag but what about the pride flags that are in our schools that's okay but you're going to arrest me because of an American flag what has happened to our world today what's happening some of you are going through that today you're standing up for truth and you're wondering what was it worth it to be mocked? you see friends, you're in the liability stage I'm going to break it down for you, the liability stage, what is that? And we, see, when you're in the liability stage, everything is going out. Nothing's coming in. You feel empty. You feel dry. You feel discouraged. Maybe some of you have poured out. You've poured out. You've poured out in your marriage. You've poured out in your home. You've poured out something at work, in your church. You pour it out. You pour it out. You pour it out. You pour it out. But you're not receiving anything back and you feel empty and you feel dry. And when you get depressed and discouraged, you're dry and you're empty. You, you start thinking all kinds of things. You're in the liability stage it's a difficult stage to be in you're pouring out but you're not receiving anything and it looks like God is not there with you it seems like you've been abandoned and this thorn in the flesh just gets deeper and deeper ah my friends but the purpose driven God is doing something that you may not see The purpose-driven God, as I said over and over again, is ambidextrous. The ambidextrous purpose-driven God is working with His right hand and with His left hand. With His right hand you see His power visibly, but with His left hand He's working things behind the scenes that you do not see. And as you are reckoning, God's left hand is working, but you don't see it. And you're assessing why and how come. But God's left hand is working behind the scenes. Working things that you don't see at that moment. You don't fully understand. Oh, but if you can endure like Paul did. If you can continue to trust Him and hold fast like a good soldier, stay the course, persevere. Ah, oh, my friends, you know that some some person yeah, yeah, that that saw you battered, that same person that saw you if inflicted with 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 all that turmoil and pain beaten will see you rise yes, that same person who betrayed you will see you marching on into victory that person who abused you will see you marching on I'm going forward I'm going forward Yes, yes that person one day my friends will see you because God will vindicate you for if God be with you who can be against you he will watch you get up and rise why do you think the prophet Micah said in chapter 7 verse 6 rejoice not against me my enemy rejoice not against me my enemy rejoice not against me my enemy oh I know you're having a good time I know you're seeing me in pain and you're you're rejoicing in my pain you're rejoicing in the rocks that were hurled against me rejoice not against me for, for, for when I fall yeah I might fall I might get discouraged I might get depressed for a period of time, but when I fall, but I shall arise I shall arise and the Lord shall be my strength I shall arise Let me tell you something friends, you will arise from this You will This is what Paul is talking about as he's reckoning for I reckon reckon what that the sufferings of this present world what am I assessing what am I going through accounting school for what am I accounting for I reckon for I'm accounting I'm assessing that the sufferings of this world the pain of this world the cockroaches of this world the thorns of this world the rocks that are thrown of this world cannot be compared that pain that moment of devastation, as as severe as it seems to you to be. Because when you're going through that type of turmoil, you think nobody is going through more pain than you're going. I know you've never said that. I understand. But my friends, whatever pain that is, cannot be compared with the glory that awaits us. Oh, something good is about to happen. It isn't over yet, my friend. You can't stop now. You can't stop now. Yes, this is what my sister told me as she was dying. This is what my sister told me as her husband was cheating on her with her friend. This is what my sister told me when she had hardly any oxygen. able. She couldn't breathe. This is what she told me when she had bed sores all over her body. This is what she told me when she couldn't sleep, when she had chemo and she lost all her hair. She says, Dino, don't feel sorry for me because the sufferings of this present world cannot. This is what she told me. Sufferings, yes friend, the jobs that you lost. The marriage that dissolved, the funerals that you had to stand by because you couldn't hug your loved one goodbye. You couldn't even go to the burial during Covid because it wasn't allowed to, to see your loved ones buried because of the restrictions. I've done funerals like that. You couldn't go to the Emerge, couldn't go to Emerge during COVID, you saw your loved one pass away, you couldn't say goodbye. I know. You've watched on the outside, you couldn't come in, and it felt unbearable. Yes, the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared. Ripping homes apart sometimes, ripping ministries, the suffering of this present time seems like liability, liabilities all over the place but you can't have liabilities all the time without having some kind of assets my friend this is what Paul is saying, you see Paul is crawling through the liabilities till he gets to the assets, he's crawling, he's reckoning he's, he's going through it one by one till he gets to the assets wasn't easy and he said it was all worth it (laughs) it was all worth it in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 the bible says Paul was brought to prison in Rome watch this now, watch this, watch this Paul is still giving the very last moment of his life what the bible says and my first answer no man stood with me but all men forsook me i pray god that it will not be laid against their charge paul was all alone here's the great missionary apostle paul arguably the greatest man of god that ever lived the apostle paul the greatest man of god arguably that ever lived he's all alone in a prison cell about to be headed beheaded in rome Because of his faith. And the Bible says, after all these years, here I am in this cold cell. I've got no coat. I'm freezing. And everybody's gone. My friends are not here. My associates are gone. My contacts are gone. I'm abandoned, it seems, here in this cold cell. Verse 17. Notwithstanding, however, the Lord stood with me and strengthen me. You you heard me use that word strengthen. It means steroid. God has put a steroid in my spirit. God's put a steroid in my muscles. I was weak, but I took that spiritual steroid and I am strong. When I am weak, I become strong. Yeah, I know all hell's breaking loose, but I got a supernatural strength that's stirring up within me. God stood with me. Oh, friends, I got a word for somebody. I got a word for somebody. Stop worrying about who didn't stand with you. Stop worrying about who didn't support you, but rather focus in on how God stood with you and how God's going to do something. Stop focusing on all these negative things. My God. Yeah. Is there anybody on Facebook today who can declare that God stood with you? Is there anybody on the internet that can declare that God is standing with you? Is there anybody here in Logos who can declare that God is standing with you? Oh, God. Is God stood with you stood with you while you were in the hospital, while you were in the courtroom, through all that pain. God stood with you, everybody forsook you, but God stood with you. God stood with you. You see friends, the man I bring before you, the Apostle Paul, had endured all things, and yet he was still reckoning, still thinking about it. And I've come to a conclusion he says that all this suffering doesn't really matter, it's all worth it because one day I'm going to experience his glory it's all worth it because this life is nothing but a passing vapor this life, what is this life? it's a passing, we're just pilgrims passing through and the problem is we focus so much on the things of this world and very little on the world to come the eternal realm Yes, there will be moments in your life that you will still be counting it all up. And I've come to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, don't stop counting. Don't stop counting because God isn't done yet. God isn't finished. And He won't be satisfied till you add up those assets until those assets outweigh your liabilities for the Bible declares he that's begun a good work and you shall complete it until the day of Jesus Christ yes my friends it is worth it I tell you all the suffering of this present world is not worthy that's what my sister told me just before she died can you imagine that? talk about leaving an impression she blessed my heart she's dying, and she says, Dino, it's okay. Everything, I'm, it's all worth it. Because I'm going to be with God. And that's all that matters. I've got this hope. The glory shall be revealed in us. Oh, George, you've got to give me 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Someone's got to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Here, Paul says, concerning those that are asleep concerning he's speaking to the Christians who've lost loved ones he says concerning your, your friends your parents the, the, your, your family who have died he says yes we grieve he says yes we grieve that, but I would not have you to be ignorant brethren concerning them that are asleep that ye sorrow not even as others which have no hope that, yeah we grieve but we don't grieve like we have no hope we don't grieve yes we grieve but not like we don't have any hope that's exactly what my sister was trying to tell me she goes, Dino, the sufferings of this world it doesn't really matter it cannot be compared with the glory because I've got hope that one day I will be in His presence in all of eternity and that's what matters, my friends that's the hope that I have that you have the blessed hope and that God has put eternity in our hearts Ecclesiastes 3.11 Put eternity in me. He's put his spirit in me. That's why I I said in the beginning of the sermon, his spirit bears witness with my spirit. His Holy Spirit, he's put eternity. He's put his spirit. I know that 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 that when this life is over, I'm going to be in his presence. (laughs) Have you ever seen a documentary? on Christmas Island, these red Polynesian crabs, they're red, they're huge and every year, thousands upon thousands migrate to the waters and they get killed because the cars run away, like myriads of these crabs, these terrestrial creatures just take this voyage to the waters they come out of their burrows, these are land creatures and they're going towards the water and then you find after several weeks they end up going to the water these are thousands upon thousands of these crabs one time of the year they end up going to the waters to the ocean to the Indian Ocean and you find them laying their eggs in the water now I got to ask a question what are terrestrial natural creatures who live on the land going to the waters to lay their eggs in the water doesn't make sense what School did they go to to learn this? Did mommy teach them? You have to go to the water to lay your eggs. They didn't go to any class. They didn't go to any school. It's called instinct. It's instinct. They lay their eggs. The the little crabs are formed. Then they come out and they become land creatures. Nobody taught them. It just happens that way. It's instinct. Instinct tells them. Something within them tells them that so let me ask you what tells you that when this life is over you're going to be in the presence of God it's not instinct those are for animals but we have supernatural we have the Spirit of God that lives in us that tells us uh, we're going to be with Him one day soon and very soon what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall that's what my sister was telling me that's why I tell the devil it was a good thing that I was afflicted oh you gotta stay with me yeah 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 if I hadn't gone through that pain I wouldn't have had the power to stand on my feet 1st huh? Peter chapter 5 verse 10 the Bible says God the purpose driven God after you have suffered a while the purpose driven God will establish you will strengthen you after you've gone through that time of experience that pain after the rocks hit you God will establish you there was a reason why you went through what you went through yeah 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 it was a good thing that I was betrayed you see, how can that be a good thing oh it was a good thing because something happened to you it was a good thing because because I would have never learned what I needed to learn because every step of a righteous man is ordered by the Lord every step whether it's good or whether you think it's bad that's why Joseph said you meant it for evil after he was betrayed after he was lied about after after things took place in his life one experience after another one painful experience after another after all these years after 17 years after seeing his brother 17 years have passed he finally meets his his brothers who abused him who betrayed him who wanted to kill him he looks at them and says you meant it for evil but God a purpose driven God who works with his left hand equally as with his right hand meant it for good Yes, I reckon, Paul says, I I reckon, I reckon I became stronger. I didn't see it at the time, I became stronger I've come forth pure as gold I didn't see it at the time, but it made me wiser I didn't see it at the time, but it made me better I didn't see it at the time, but, but it made me tougher yeah, 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 oh, I don't know who I'm speaking to but it was good for me yes, it was good for me that it didn't come too easy because if it would have come to me too easy I wouldn't have learned what I needed to learn I'm glad I had to suffer I'm glad I went through those extra I'm glad I had to crawl to reach the hem of Jesus' garment I'm I'm, I'm happy I went through that time, because if I didn't go through it If I didn't go through it, I wouldn't have appreciated it Trials My God I didn't see it I couldn't understand it So I prayed, Lord, please abort the process I didn't understand it, so I prayed Lord, speed it up. I, I just don't know if I can endure this. Lord, I, I, I prayed, Lord, I, I want to get out of this. I, I don't think I want it. I don't want it. I, I want out. I want out. Out of what God wants me to be in. I want out of what God wants me to be in. I want out of this pit, Lord. I can't take this pit anymore. Can you imagine if Joseph was rescued from the pit he would have never gone to the prison and he would have never ended up in the palace be careful what you want out of because that might be exactly what God wants you in it was a good thing I reckoned, I reckoned I took some time to reckon, I took some time To consider my situation. I I reckoned. I reckoned. You see, I was working on my destination, but God was working in me. I wanted the product, but God's concerned about the process. The process. You see, friends, if you can just persevere. God is going to bring something great out of your life God is going to bring glory out of your pain yeah yeah he's going to turn things around he's going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten he's going to turn your anxi- anxiety and your depression into peace for i have reckon i reckon i reckon i want to challenge you to make a credit to make an audit in your life and and to please stop complaining stop complaining when the walls keep com- coming against you stop murmuring when you see things that that you don't like and you don't understand and you, you it, it, it's upsetting you and there's a thorn that's come upon you and then you're going through all all kinds of thoughts uh, and the cockroaches are upon you and you're screaming and you're yelling and get you think God doesn't see what you're going through stop murmuring stop complaining stop murmuring stop complaining and start reckoning start start understanding God if this is happening there must be a reason I'm reckoning things uh, that you must have a reason for this it was a good thing that I was afflicted there must be a reason there must be a reason I'm going going to trust you in my pain I'm going to trust you when the cockroaches want to come in there I'm going to trust you when the rocks are being thrown against me there must be a reason for the purpose driven God to allow you to go through what you're going through so stop complaining which is the devil's worship and begin to praise him I didn't see it while I was going through that furnace, but now I do. John chapter 13, verse 7. Look what it says. I'm going to read it for you. I said it earlier. I'm going to say it again. John chapter Jesus answered. These are the disciples. They're confused. They were always confused. Jesus answered and said to them, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know later. Hereafter. Friends, there's times in your life that you're gonna go through something that will not make sense in any way. But if you hold on to the promises of God, you will understand it later on. Now, I'm coming A close in a few moments I know it's hard to believe but can I take a shift I I, want to park the car just to the right for a minute because I want to show you something so powerful how did Paul introduce for I reckon that the suffering he introduced it watch this now he made a premise and it's found in verse 17 look what it says and if children then you are heirs of God and joint heirs of Christ if so be that we suffered with him that we may be glorified. Paul premises, watch us now, don't miss it. This is the key. Are you ready? Paul premises the sufferings of this world by saying, look, you are a joint heir of Christ. You are an heir of God. Then he says, I reckon. Now why? Paul is giving the premise for a reason. He wants you to know that while you're suffering, Don't forget that you are a joint heir with Jesus Christ Don't forget that you are a child of God That you've got royal blood flowing through your veins Don't forget that you are his ambassador That you are seated with him In heavenly places That's why he says that He starts off by talking about my inheritance, my position in Christ starts off by declaring who I am in Christ that I have an inheritance that is beyond this world that everything Jesus inherits I inherit too can you grasp the reality that when Paul said you're a joint heir what that means is what Jesus inherits you inherit too so when you're suffering in this world Paul says don't forget that Paul talks about us being a joint heir and he throws it into the equation Paul talks about us being a joint heir and he throws this in his reckoning he throws it in his audit he's auditing and he's realizing as he's going through all this pain he says wait a minute I'm still a joint heir no matter what I go through I'm still a joint heir in Christ no matter what you think of me you see this is what Paul is saying even when he sent this he said the same thing in 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verses 6 to 7 to 9 he said, look, if, if you are a joint heir You can go through this. This should propel you and and give you strength to persevere. He calls you enriched, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He calls you endowed with His power. He calls you enriched in His grace. He calls you established by His mercy. He goes on to tell you who you are in Christ. That you were chosen before the foundations of the earth. You are valued. In the eyes of God. Do you think that God's just going to abandon you? After all this investment? After all what he's done for you? Do you think he's just going to kick you to the curb? Do you really think that? No. No, this helps me to reckon... Much better (laughs) that this present trial, the sufferings I'm going through, cannot be compared. This is why my sister was able to rejoice even while her husband was abusing her. This is why my sister was able to rejoice even while she was going through chemotherapy this is why Job was able to sing in Job chapter 35 verse 10 where Job said, he gives me songs in the night. It's very hard. Listen friends, when you... how can you sing? Singing is an expression of joy. Night is an expression of depression and pain. How can you sing when it's night? How can you sing in your drought? How can you sing in your in your famine? Well, you're able to sing when you understand who you are in Christ. You're able to sing when you understand what your destiny is. You're able to sing when you understand that if God is with you, then who in the world can be against you? He gives you a song in the night. Not in the day, in the night. (laughs) And so don't let that liability keep you down. That's exactly what the devil wants. That one season of your life, don't assess it, my friends, by the rocks that are thrown at you. We're in a battle. And watch this friends, if the devil is not fighting against you, maybe it's because he's walking with you. Oh, that's for free. You can write that down. Write it down. What do you think? This life is some kind of parade? A tiptoeing through the tulips and tiptoe through the tulips. You think, we're t- what? We're in a battle! And if there's no battle going on in your life, well, maybe the devil is just tapping you. Keep going, you're doing great. Oh, my friends keep on counting till you come to the prophets yes if you keep on counting if you keep on praising keep on enduring and trusting and running this race I'm convinced without a shadow of a doubt that he will turn your water into wine that he will split the Red Sea yes he will cause you to jump for joy like Habakkuk in chapter 3 verse 17 Though, though, though the fig tree doesn't produce any fruit though the fields are dry and parched no crops though the animals are dead and there's none in the stalls yet I will still rejoice can somebody rejoice this morning yes, this season will pass. This moment of pain will pass. This season of shame will end. Yes, the crowds will run out of rocks to throw at you. And yes, you will still be standing if you count it all up. Yes, till God vindicates you. Yes, my friend, count it all up till the child that broke your heart comes back to wipe your tears away. I'm speaking to somebody. Got to close, got to close, I got to close. Now friends, do you not know who you are in Christ? Do you not see who you really are? Or do you need people to tell you who you are? Do you know who you are or do you need people to tell you who you are? They'll tell you oh, you're just the son of a carpenter. What good thing comes out of Nazareth? They'll tell you you're just a divorcee. They'll tell you you're just a teenager. They'll tell you who do you think you are? You didn't go to Bible college. What did you give me? They'll tell you you're just, you're just, you're nothing. You're... That's what people will tell you who you are. You're just a single mom see friends, if you don't know who you are, that you are a child of the living God, then you'll spend your energy trying to get other people to validate you. You'll try to get other people to vindicate you. You'll try to get some self-esteem out of somebody. That's why some people get married, or some people want to boy. They want to get some kind of esteem from somebody else. Some kind of vindication. From somebody else. The insecurities. Oh. See, when you're secure in Christ, in God, in what He made in you and put in you, then you'll be okay. You'll be happy with your looks. That's right you'll be happy with the gifts that He's given you you won't always have to try to prove things to people because, because you know who you are in Christ and you know what He's given you and I'm not gonna compare myself with somebody else you won't, if you are content with God and you know who you are you're not gonna be jealous over other people's achievements think about it! think about it because I've been created in His image you won't be jealous from somebody else's talent because you know that you are his masterpiece Ephesians chapter 2 created in his image there's only one you be grateful to God be grateful to God yes I'm seated with him he has made me who I am and he died for me while I was yet a sinner Oh the love of God. Oh the love. I gotta close. Does anybody in the congregation have a twenty dollar bill? <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not gonna take it. I'm gonna make an illustration. And you got a twenty dollar bill? Thank you so much. Don't leave. You'll love this story. Thank you so much. I'll see. No, no. Okay. <laughs> now, brothers and sisters, if I take this twenty dollar bill and I kind of I pick it up and I ask you, do you want this $20 bill? Most of you will say what? If I have this $20 bill and I pour some water on it and throw it out put some dust on it kick it to the curb pick it up I'm going to ask you again do you want this $20 bill? what are you gonna say? Yeah. you see whatever happens to this twenty dollar bill doesn't take away from its worth whatever happens to you some of you have been stomped. Some of you felt like you were drowning. Some of you have had mud and dirt thrown at you. It doesn't take away from what you are worth. You are a child of the living God. And I've reckoned that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared with what awaits me. I'm going to shout amen and I'm going to trust God because God's got something good in store. Let's all stand together. Every head bow just for a moment, please. Just for one moment. I know we have a barbecue coming up. And I'm so glad the sun began to shine, Pastor Josh. Amen. Amen but we can't have a barbecue until I ask you this question every head bowed I'm talking to people on Facebook as well people on YouTube I want to thank you by the way that you've been so supportive but I don't know where you stand today maybe you're in the reckoning process or maybe you haven't even reckoned yet you got a lot of rocks being thrown at you the devil's come to you and telling you look you see you deserve it see you you, you must be a sinner yeah you're no good you're worthless because if you were really a child of God you wouldn't be going through these things now would you and you've bought into some of these lies the devil's come to you and said God's abandoned you Because if God didn't abandon you, why are you going through the things that you're going through? That's a good one. That's a big one. He uses that a lot. And there's others in this congregation that have some cockroaches. And you're full of fear. And you're responding. And you're freaking out over the experience that you're going through and you're blaming your boss, you're blaming your husband, you're blaming your children, you're blaming, you're blaming... and you're responding and reacting in fear and anxiety instead of laying hold of that problem. Asking God to give you grace for my grace is sufficient for you. You don't need to respond that way anymore. Let go of your fears and your anxieties and your unforgiveness and your bitterness. I don't know who I'm speaking to today. I really don't. But I want to pray with you. I'm not going to have an altar call today, we don't have time but I believe God will do the work right where you stand. If you are any one of these people I'm talking about this morning, I want every head bowed, nobody looking, I want you to raise your hand and say, I need God's grace, Pastor, do you know? Those cockroaches got the best of me. I've been reckoning, but I've allowed my flesh to... To rise above my faith I'm allowing my flesh to control me My emotions are guiding me Rather than my faith in you I need your grace, Lord This thorn is too deep I'm asking you to remove it And I I, I just don't see it any other way Please abort this Abort this, Lord You find yourself drowning Because it's still there You haven't fully grasped that my grace is sufficient, all you need is His presence, He will help you. And some of you have been grappling, why am I going through this? And you've gone through the why syndrome over and over and over. Why am I? How come if God and it's plaguing you and you can't even sleep? I don't know why, but I can tell you this the purpose driven God has a reason. And his ways are far above your ways. And if you can just anchor into that truth and trust him just a little bit more when you can't trace him, and learn to praise him while you're in the wilderness, learn to praise him while the thorn is deep in your flesh. Oh, my friends, I promise you, I don't promise many things, but I promise you by the authority of God's work that that Red Sea is going to be split wide open. I promise you that in your time of hunger, not only you, but 5,000 will be fed. I promise you that when goliath comes that small stone you have in your sling will slay that giant if that's you raise your hand just raise your hand if that's you if that's you if you're reckoning if you got thorns if you're not cockroaches and and you've allowed your flesh to control your life will you take a stand today Will you take a stand on September the 10th, 2023? I take a stand and I'm going to trust you, Lord. And you're going to declare as Paul declared, I reckon that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy. Then it cannot be compared with the glory that awaits me. Can you say that today? Can you take a stand with Paul and with God's word and say, Yes, I'm going to do that. I'm gonna trust him today. I'm gonna believe his word. If that's you and you wanna take a stand with me, because I've had to say this over and over again. If that's you, I wanted you to raise your hand all over this place. If that's you today, I want you to raise your hand real high. And we're gonna pray today. I'm not calling you forward, but I'm asking you to raise your hand, not for the sake of it, but raise your hand as an act of declaration and obedience before the Lord, because God sees your hand. And we're going to pray together we're going to pray heavenly father you see the hands today and father we are reckoning we are assessing we're counting the books yeah there's been a lot of liabilities but there's assets and the greatest asset is you and your word and even though I might feel forsaken as Paul did but you stood with him in prison stand Lord beside us today in a way that we can even sense may your tangible may your glory envelop us today may those who raise their hands may they sense your presence in a powerful way today may you open our eyes that we would see your glory in the midst of this furnace you give us strength to persevere and even walk with this limp if we have to as long as you're with us help me to endure today father help me to keep my eyes on you help me to keep my clam my hands clean and my heart clean before you help me to keep my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help surrender my life to you this day have your way in my life Lord lead me and direct me for your glory in the mighty matchless name of Jesus Christ Amen